Isaiah says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness, from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from, the, from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make decisions by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness the humble of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Micah 5. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will come forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His times of coming forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remainder of his kinsmen will return to the sons of Israel, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name of the Lord his God, and they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace.
from the Gospel of Luke. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. But Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
next hymn, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly. Please stand.
But when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So typically the children aren't shy, but come on in, children. <laughs> We're so very thankful uh, that they're coming. So this will get you ample time to get your cameras out, to jockey for best position. And uh, come on up, children. We're ready for you all. And so thankful for you.
next congregational hymn, the first Noel. Stand, please.
I think that's worthy of another round of applause for all of our readers and instrumentalists and singers. Thank you so very much. Well, clearly, we didn't gather together this morning to sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and celebrate his very shiny nose. And I assure you, when you leave this morning, in just a few minutes, there will not be a quite cherubic, calorically challenged, jolly man in a big red suit, seated in the lobby, awaiting children to sit on his knee and ask them, ask him for their two front teeth. This is a message of a king who was prophesied to come was born a babe and grew to be a man, the God-man, who came to preach the glory of his father, who came to die for our sin, all of our sin. What a load he bore for us on the cross of Calvary. About 26% of Lake County now has never been to church. In the next 25 years, that's going to grow to 40%. Many of the young people that I meet who are 26 years or younger have never even heard of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ outside it being used in vain. What a great opportunity we have, not just this morning, but in the way we live our lives and how we speak of him among those who have never heard of who he really is and of his origin and of his authority and of his power to to bring peace to these young people's souls. It's him that we celebrate this morning and we're glad to do so and and thank you again to all who have come here to celebrate, uh, to celebrate him. There was a text read early in our Christmas service this morning. I would like to spend a few minutes as we close this morning and concentrate upon it. But if you would pray with me at this time, I'd like to ask God's blessing on the speaking and preaching of his word this morning. Lord, we love you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. For an eternity past. Decreeing it possible. Not probable, but possible. That we might be saved. Through Jesus Christ. Save, Lord, not only from the power and the penalty of sin, but someday the very presence of sin. We celebrate this Christmas season the the enfleshment of deity in the person of Jesus Christ. Help us who are here this morning who know him to be prepared to speak of him and his great power and his great love. And for those who are here this morning that may never have heard of him, I pray that they would understand who he is and 
what he's come to do for them. For those, Lord, who I'm sure are here that have oft known of him and heard of him, but have yet to surrender their hearts and lives and souls to him. That today, the, the very reason why Jesus came and the gospel, the good news of Jesus was heralded, they would understand was for them, not just to know him in their minds, but to surrender to him in their hearts. Have your way, Lord, in our souls today. In Christ's name, we pray. It was July 21st, 1969. At 2.56, it seemed like every home with at least a radio, transmission, every town, and bustling city, both small and large, were quieted, and they listened. Neil Armstrong was about to become the first person to step on the moon. If you're old enough, you probably remember where you were at that very moment. He steps foot, plants the second, and states that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Nineteen minutes later, he was joined by Buzz Aldrin, and they spent two hours traversing the surface of the moon outside the learner module, taking photographs, collecting samples that would be brought back to Earth to be studied for generations. Some have said that the moon, the first moonwalk, was the world's first viral moment where technology had advanced enough where the globe could enjoy the historic event at the same time. I read recently in the excerpt of a book that even the city streets of Jerusalem were bustling up until that moment. And even in the city of Jerusalem, the bustling stopped, mouths were quieted, and the whole city listened in, waiting to see if that first moonwalk was successful. And when Neil Armstrong proclaimed that famous phrase we just read. The city of Jerusalem erupted with cheers and the whole city began to dance. Well, about 2,700 years before man walked on the moon, in a very non-viral moment in history, a prophecy was given to a tiny village of about 50 people a village that's about an hour and 45-minute walk from the city of Jerusalem. And this prophecy, not fully embraced at the time, would truly grab the world's attention in the future. It's a prophecy that we read in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. If you have a Bible on your devices or in your person, you may already be there. It reads, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me. Now, this is God speaking. This is Micah speaking our creator's words. 
from you will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Here's just three simple things I'd like for all of us. And I'll tell you what, little kids, you could even understand this this morning. Three simple things I'd like to understand from this passage as we conclude. First of all, I just want, to understand, I want you to notice how personal the address is. How personal. This is God speaking to Micah. He's going to deliver this message to a town of 50-some people. It says in the first phrase, but as for you. I want all of you to know this morning that God's message of salvation, his proclamation of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was a personal message, and he designed for you to hear it. You know, I heard that message as a little boy. I surrendered my heart to that message when I was five years old. When my mom and my dad taught me the message of Jesus Christ and who he was and why he came, I'll never forget that night that that message I heard over and over by the time I was five just captivated my mind, my heart, my soul, my whole person. And I gathered, my dad gathered me to his side and he said, Tim, are you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? And I was. And I can remember at that moment, I'm 54 now, I was five then. I can remember at that moment that it's, as if Jesus was speaking just to me. No one else in the world really mattered at that moment. You see, when you're about ready to trust Jesus and give your life to him, you understand how intensely a personal moment that really is. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, where is this place? Well, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 12 tells us that it was the home of King David's father, Jesse. He's speaking to Bethlehem, but why Ephrathah? Well, we know that Jesus would come historically from the line of David. And Jesse's David's father. And so to this personal message given years ago, it comes to a people group. According to the heart and mind of God, to a specific location. As a matter of fact, when the wise men came to Herod, the Gospels record for us, and Herod said, where is this little child? The wise men quoted Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 and said, we know where he's at. The prophet Micah told us he's in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. And we seek him there. We're going to go to him there. But this is a personal message. This is a personal message to a town so small that the text says here that they were too little to be among the clans of Judah. You had to have a certain size population in your little town or village or city to be counted a clan. And this little tiny bread basket of the Jerusalem region To a group of people that were about to be under siege. If you go back and read chapter 4, it's about to get real ugly for this little tiny village. They're about to lose family members. 
the intention of their enemies was to wipe them off the map. And yet this very personal message of salvation comes to them. That no, the enemies of your world, Bethlehem Ephrathah, are my enemies and I say who comes and goes, God's saying. So while you fear being wiped off the face of the map, that's not going to happen because from you, someday, Jesus will be born. That's my plan, God says. So again, a message to all of us who, a very personal message who are going through some very dark times. Life's darkest times Time probably where you may be feeling that your enemies are seeking to expunge your very existence from this old world. God gives a very personal message to you. Jesus has come. Jesus has come. And hope is not merely found in a husband or wife or child, a close friend, whose time is limited, but hope is found in Jesus Christ alone, who's eternal, Amen. and came to give peace to your soul. So this is, a, this is a very personal message. It's God's message, so it's secondly a very comprehensive message. It's right here. God says, from you, from you, O little town of Bethlehem. One will go forth, that one is Jesus Christ, and he'll go forth for me. He is my messenger, God says. And he's a ruler. He already is, in eternity past, king of the universe, and he's going to be Israel's king, and and in time, the scripture tells us he will be king in and throughout and over all the earth. From this little town will come a king who in time would be known throughout all the world and that will Eclipse all other former rulers before him in authority and in excellence and in majesty and certainly divinity and that will be the viral moment for all the world to see in time to come. All came from this little town of 50 some people This king will stand as a shepherd king. The text goes on to say, as you read this morning, that he'll be a, a shepherd that comforts his sheep. And his ultimate goal is to bring them peace to their hearts. So from the origin, from small origin to king of the world, this Jesus would say in time, come unto me all you who are burdened 
and heavy laden and take my yoke upon you because you see kings have a burden to give they have obligations for people to fulfill at their bidding and king jesus does too take my yoke upon you and then he says this this is my yoke this is my authority to give you learn of me he says and i'm not just giving you a yoke of responsibility i'm going to offer you peace to your heart if you learn from me no other king ever offered that before this is a comprehensive message to all the world in its scope and finally this morning this is the message of authority this is a message of authority you know when I was about to move to my neighborhood maybe you were to do the same we wanted some information and history about the neighborhood and we talked to several neighbors and they said you know there's this old man two doors down from you that's been here longer than any of us go ask him he's got all the news he's got all the goods on our street he knows who was here first so we did we went and spoke to him and and he knew quite a lot <laughs> he had authority on the subject the text says here that God would send forth one who was from long ago. He's from the days of eternity. Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 12, another prophet says of this one that he's from everlasting, that he's Lord, and that he's God. He's the Holy One. Isaiah, who was a contemporary to the prophet Micah. You see, Isaiah prophesied to the royalty of the world at that time. Micah prophesied to the common man. But this comprehensive message with authority not only went to the common man and to blue bloods, Isaiah says that Jesus is the almighty God, the everlasting Father, mighty counselor, and prince of peace. And you all know John 1.1, 1, 1, if you know your Bibles well, this is the word of God who was from the beginning. This one going forth from Bethlehem, Ephrathah, had authority because he was from eternity. He has no beginning and he has no end. This is God enfleshed. This is Jesus Christ for those of you who have never been introduced to him. And he comes speaking the words of God as God enfleshed. And he has a message for your souls. And it's a message of peace because as you seek for peace in this world, you will not find it, my dear friends, apart from him. It's not to be found in anything or anyone. I was reading a book not long ago, and this particular author that I read, that I read often, listed eight things that are true about our culture, and I can list these eight things in just a couple minutes. He says this, our culture today believes that life is random. No one's in charge. 
There's really no order. Grab the randomness and see what works for you and, and hang in there for the ride. There's really no design in the world, so you be you. He says our culture is saturated with this thought, this thought of truth as well, that truth is relative. Since there's really no one in charge after all, truth is whatever you want it to be. There's no such thing as absolutism. Truth is what we see in the polls or who we vote into office. And truth changes in time. So everything that you think may be truth is kind of relative anyway. And our culture is saturated with this thought, this thought as well, that man is basically good. If we act badly, our culture believes, it's because of our circumstances. Maybe we've been a victim of a crime. Maybe you've been abused emotionally, sexually, or physically. And because of the dark circumstances that have come your way, we act badly because of everything outside of us. Our culture also has embraced that the highest virtue we can attain to is tolerance. Since we're basically good, just leave us alone. If my circumstances have made me bad, that's who I am, and I'm living my truth, just kind of depart from me. I don't need you. Individualism and self-identity has become king, and all of you are to expect, expect me to be that way and embrace me to be that way. Let me be what I want to be. My individuality is king over anything or anyone. My identity is exclusively mine, and I'll embrace it over all other identities. I am my own identity. So no other authority can call me or tell me who I am or what I'm supposed to do. The words of the singer from The Greatest Showman, we just say, this is me. And me is my authority. Our culture is embraced that we are to be defined by what we have or what we own. Not just things we own, but what we have achieved or how you've been recognized. What I can accrue to bring notoriety to myself. This all starts when we have little kids that we've trained to play and study and perform to be recognized. We're defined by who we have recognizing us, what we've accrued, and notoriety. We're also defined, he said here, by personal satisfaction. People can be very charitable and generous. Charity abounds in our society, doesn't it? Philanthropy abounds. 
people are giving and giving and giving and helping and helping and helping to the trillions of dollars. But what often do you hear in an interview with a person who's generously and sacrificially given to a cause that they would call bigger than themselves? You hear these words. It makes me feel better about myself. And that's true. So it brings personal satisfaction. Our world is all about personal satisfaction. And then our world is duped by the philosophy that you can become anything that you want to be. That's seven. You don't like the way your life is? Well, then just change it. You can become anything that you think you can be. And, and boy, that's all a lie, isn't it? Well, I want to be an owner-operator of Ohio's largest machine shop. So I'm going to think it, so I'm going to be it. And the truth is, you may not have the DNA to be an owner-operator of Ohio's largest machine shop. It just is what it is. I can tell you that I'm going to someday play the piano like Jacob Bernhardt. And if I think it, dude, it's going to happen. And to which Jacob says, very humbly, probably not. <laughs> right. I can't be anything I want to be because I think it. No matter how big I dream, no matter how hard I work, it's just not going to happen. My son has a friend who is called the cookie, cookie Virtuoso. You can find her on Instagram. I look at her cookies, and my jaw drops. I was like, how in the world can a human do that? Certainly a computer had to do that. Glamorous, gorgeous, amazing. I could say in all my heart again, I am going to be her. I'm going to be the next Cookie Virtuoso 2.0. And you can ask my wife, which who knows my artistic abilities. That's not going to happen, Tim. Dream some other way. Think it to happen. But that's what our world's teaching our kids and what it's teaching us. You can become anything you want, and it's a lie. It's a lie. And the final thing that our world has absorbed that Jesus Christ came to change an area of thinking is that death is always a pleasant transition. It's just going through the light that you've always seen at the end of the tunnel in a near-death experience. Everyone's always going to a better place where I'll see grandma and grandpa and well, I'll see, well, I'll see and and for those who don't believe in a heaven, they just say, well, hey, breathing my last and just ceasing to exist is even better than what I'm going through now. So it's even good that way. That's not always a pleasant transition. There is truth that does exist. There is one who is truthful over all. And he's God the Father. 
And he gave us his son, who is the explicit explanation of his truth. And he was born over 2,000 years ago. And he is authority as equally as he is peace for your soul. And he's coming again to rule and to reign. He and he alone has the answers. The Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that way is destruction. That's why Jesus said, on authority from heaven, I'm the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He says, I am the only door. You must enter heaven's rest through me alone. So I challenge you this morning. Might be an encouragement to some and a challenge to others. I understand that. You may not know much about Jesus. I challenge you with this. Please, I beg you, if you're among that 26% of our community that's never been to church to learn about Jesus, you're seated with someone this morning who knows him. Learn of him from them. And please keep loving them and relating with them and stay open with them. There's so much more to learn about Jesus than you just heard today. And can I challenge you to do this? Take this home with you today. Okay. Google all of the Christmas carols we've sung and read the words. I told my wife this morning on the way to the Christmas program, I said, you know what? We sing hymns in church all the time. And those hymns rarely, if ever, contain the good news of the gospel. Why? Because Christians sing them. People who already know him sing praise to him. But predominantly, almost exclusively, certainly in every song that was played or sung this morning, the, the, it's a gospel message. Christmas carols were composed for people who are yet to know who Jesus is and why he came. So I ask you go home and get to your device and, and, and find your way to the texts of these hymns. And, and by the way, whether you believe in God or not, maybe just give him one final chance and just say, okay, God, if you're out there, if you exist, I'm going to do what this old pastor told me to do, and I'm going to Google these words, and if you're out there, God, would you just show me through the truth of these old songs that I hear once a year all the time. Show me the truth of who Jesus is, and, and I'll believe. I'll believe. It's God's message. Exclusive, singular, divine hope for you. It's personal, it's comprehensive, and it comes with a whole lot of authority. Okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you so much for the precious 
greatest gift ever given to a person, let alone a village. A nation. The whole world. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. He is the one sent from you upon whom we must believe to find that very thing we've been seeking for all of our lives, that thing called peace, which we can't find because our old sinful souls are separated us from you who is that peace. And Lord, help us to find the Lord Jesus as he seeks by his spirit to draw us. I pray that today may be the day that at least one, if not many among us, bow their knee to him personally knowing that they were included in this comprehensive plan. Help them, Lord, to, to personally surrender their hearts to him in confidence because the message comes with so much authority. Help them to be settled that that's the right thing to do. May this Christmas season, for just one, Maybe even this morning as they speak to the person they came with. Might be the greatest Christmas season of their lifetime because they, they met the one sent from God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.